live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son MMA and TTRPG podcast and the home of the best NPCs on this damn planet. And we are delighted to have one of the most talented young fighters on the UFC roster today with us. The strawweight contender. Let's say it together. Corey Poppins McKenna. (laughs) What's up, Corey? (laughs) Hey, we are so glad to have you back. And I think Last time we were talking to you, you know, you were in a, in, a, in a period after your fight where you, you know, were dealing with an injury that you suffered from uh, during your fight. Um, I think it's right for us to start where we left off and just ask you, how's the ankle? How, how, how are we in terms of recovery? Are you, are you feeling strong in it? Are you kicking off of it? Like, how, how is the ankle doing at this point in time? Yeah, uh, yeah the ankle's 100%. Um, you know, no, no problems. I don't even think about it these days. Um, just, you know, kicking people in the head with it. All good. Was it like a was it like a boot and shoe kind of like situation? Did you have to have a cast or anything, or was it just uh, just kind of crutches and hobble around? Uh, I had a cast for a little bit, and then I had the boot, and then I had crutches. So I pretty much did it. <laughs> All of it. Um, yeah, I had I had a cast. I think until I had the surgery, and then after that, it was um, just like the boot and like splinting it and lots yeah. of. Down. But Damn. you've you've been out for months now of of any kind of like recovery of that. If it's, it feels like you've been at pretty much full strength with your foot for a while now. Yeah, my my ankle's been pretty good for almost maybe like just under a year now. I think it took about yeah. six months to to heal. Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Yeah, amazing. And so you, we spoke a little bit about this before, but you were suffering from some like headaches and stuff, and that's why you know you've had a little bit of a of a longer period off. I I know you're 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 an eager one to get in the cage and uh, and and show what you can do. I wanted to ask, you know, something that Tom and I often kind of debate and we talk about as uh, is Tom is a really big fan of Dominic Cruz and um, I'm less of a fan of Dominic <laughs> Cruz, but uh, he always brings up, you know, ring rust and, you know, he doesn't believe it's a real thing. He believes, you know, as long as you're training and sparring, you know, you can get in there and perform at the same level. Is that something that, you know, is running through your head or is that something where you're like, if I even begin thinking about that, it's, it's just not a good spiral. So, uh, so I'm not even going to approach that kind of thought process. Uh, lucky for me, this isn't the first time I've had a long layoff. Um, mm. I had an 18-month layoff due to some cage warriors. My opponent missed weight by like a ridiculous amount, so that fight didn't go ahead. Um, and then the next fight I had booked got cancelled for COVID, and then stuff just got like pushed back and back. And then there was also another. T- I feel like there was another time where I had pretty much a year off too. I've had some pretty some pretty long layoffs, um, given that I'm so early in my career and I have the experience I do. Like I've had some really long layoffs between fights, just like due to reasons that are completely out of my control. So for me, it's not really like a concern because it's not the first time. Like, see, I've had a long layoff and then I've still gone out there and, and got the wins afterwards. You know, um, that those fights that I had back to back, like you know, I had had uh, two fights like a month apart. And I won yeah. both of those. That was coming off for like a year layoff, I believe. So. 
for me it's like it's not something I haven't done before so it's not really I'm not really worried about it it hasn't affected me before I very much doubt it'll affect me now I mean do you know I love that as well because it's it's one of those things where a lot of people you know might not have in an interesting way it's not great that you've had long layoffs for like you know other circumstances but also, in of the fact that it has given you that experience, it means that, you know, in other circumstances where someone might not have ever had, you know, a long layoff, you know, that might creep back in. So that's, re- that's really awesome, too. And I, I'd never kind of thought about it in that way before. Yeah, I, I think also, just to, to sort of touch on this a little bit again, my sense is that I think once Macy came in, it seems like Alpha Male started, I don't know what's the right word, but supporting or developing um, higher level competition and training and sparring and all of that um, in a way that, you know, even if you have a long layoff, you're getting such high level competition um, in the gym that that's going to carry over. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. Like I said, I've got some very high level girls on the mats right now. I've got, uh, obviously, Macy, I do, do pretty much like a significant portion of my work with her. And then also I've got like Yan, she's fighting March 4th. So that's what next week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's four weight. She's ranked. She was number three. I think she might be number four now. Um, you know, she just bought Carla Esparza. So she's like, she's like right up there. Um, you know, and then there's like some more like girls that are like on the local pro scene and stuff. So I have, I have a very good kind of uh, base of girls to work with and get my looks with and get that push. Interesting. So with Yan, curious, um, how does that play out? And so, you know, that you're both, you know, strawweight contenders. Yan is, a, is at three or four. So she's in that top five. You're up and coming. In the gym, are you tending to work with each other? Are you tending to, to you know, you make your mental spots? notes? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to remember that now <laughs> and there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we get like a significant, you know, we get a significant amount of work in. Um, like I say, I work a lot with Macy and everything and like kind of just split between the two. Um, like I say, I'm very lucky to have them, especially for my rounds and stuff. Um, obviously, I, f- I feel like with with all women fighters things are very competitive but it's like you say, it's great looks and we're never going to fight each other at the end of the day you know she's she's years ahead of me we're teammates so like for me it's just good to get those looks in on the mats and like have that competitive kind of realistic kind of like gauge as to where I am you know because you know like Macy's great but she's also like you know she's a 125 uh, she moves different she's whereas like Yan is probably the most realistic look I'm going to get to like simulate what's going to happen in a fight that's, you know, and it, it's so important that you have that because I know, like, the, again, there's people who, you know, struggle to find the training partner, partners and, you know, the, it's a really big part of, you know, getting the right camp and stuff like that. So it's awesome to hear that, you know, Alpha Male at the moment is, you know, still really like filling your boots with all the things that you need in terms of your training and, and all the bits of bobs. It's, it's really nice to hear. And it's something that Tom and I really respected about you when we met you last time was just your consistency of, you know, remaining with the people that, you know, you have stuck with from the beginning, people like Jack and, you know, now Uriah. And like, it seems like, you know, you're, you're cultivating this career that is going to, you know, likely continue with this team. And, you know, I likely bring, you know, alpha male back into, you know, some of these, these big names and stuff like that, uh, you know, with, with, with your success. So I, I think that's awesome. I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I do too. And I think, so let me ask you this as well, because you mentioned, I'm not sure if it was the case last time we spoke, but Danny was a big part of your, let's mm-hmm. say one of your head coaches in training. Is it different? So do different fighters have different, let's say lead coaches that are working with them most most often and is Danny still the, the guy and it, did I get that right or wrong is Danny still the guy that's spending the most time with you these days 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Danny's actually the only coach that I'm able to bring uh, to London with me. So he's going to be okay. coming over like, as my head coach kind of role. Um, like I say, Jack's, Jack's going to be there and I'm going to have a teammate with me too. Um, but, you know, Danny's the guy that's been there day in, day out, putting in work, you know. Um, yeah, he's he's great. You know, I work with him multiple times a week. He comes in to watch my sparring. Um, you know, we text each other, check in. Like, D- Danny's great. Like, I owe a lot to him. Obviously, Uriah puts a lot of time into me too. Like, I don't want to take anything away yeah. from that. And I work, like you say, I work through maybe three times more or more with Joey. And he watches my sparring and coaches me too. Um, so, like, I'm very lucky to have, like, a solid base of coaches out here. Like, I, I get working with all of the top guys. Um, but Danny definitely kind of, you know, takes the lead a little bit. Like, he's the one coming over to the fight. And, yeah, I'm very, yeah. I'm very grateful for him and all the work he does for me. That's that's so lovely to hear. And uh, do, do you know what's interesting as well? We were watching your last fight, and in the corner, um, you know, Danny getting very verbal and like giving you lots of really great advice. And one thing that I loved about his coaching style was the clarity and the specificity of what he was, you know, giving you um, in, in between the rounds. I want to ask you what you kind of believe like the secret sauce is to like a good like corner man fighter relationship is it like you know understanding emotional state is it like good open communication um you know is it like amping someone up well what do you believe is that secret sauce yeah uh i don't think there's like a like a cookie cutter kind of you know like response to this because i think every athlete is is different like i actually had this conversation with a couple of the guys the other day it's like some so one of my main things i like about danny is like you say he's very clear he's very direct he doesn't sugarcoat anything like I'm one of those people that like I I need to be yelled at. I need a bit of tough love. Like like if you start sugarcoating stuff and everything, like it doesn't really doesn't really work for me. Like I need to kind of, you know, just be very direct to the point. Like, like say, like if I'm messing up, tell me I'm messing up. Like, um, you know, I, I respond better to that tough love kind of like say I like I always said to everyone, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like the second if someone says do this, I'm like, okay. If Danny yells at me and he's like, do this now, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do it, you know? So I, I need that. Obviously, there would be a lot more expletives than that, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I I need that kind of harsh, tough love, like very direct response, which is why I think I work so well with like people like Danny and that. Um, you know, my dad, my dad's actually my uh, running coach, um, and he used to be the same. Like he would, you know, I'd be on the treadmill, he'd be yelling at me, and you know, it would always be you know, a light fire. So for me, that's how I respond best. But there are fighters that they like, say like. Their coaches have been like that. They start getting in their head and they're worried that they're disappointing them, blah, blah, blah. Like they need to be sugarcoated a little bit. So for me, I think it's completely down to like, not maybe understanding the athlete, but also I feel like athletes naturally like kind of, you know, uh, go towards coaches that fit their style, um, which yeah. is why I drifted more towards Danny. Um, but yeah, like I think it's just a case of like really like what works best with the athlete, knowing how to, how to do, de- deliver like responses you know I used to corner my mum and I used to yell at her like so much um <laughs> I remember one of the guys one of the guys was judging and it was mid-fight and I remember getting, like I was so mad at him but I was obviously distracted to actually say anything and I remember him just like tapping me on the shoulder and being like hey try to like be a bit more like positive with your reinforcement you know this is great but let's do this and I'm like she's getting punched in the face I'm like I'm gonna tell her to keep her hands up I'm not gonna be like this is trying to beat that jab you know like I'm like I'm like no I need you know I, I like instructions just delivered like how they need to be and I remember like him being like yeah like let's try to be a bit more positive with our whatever and I'm like I'm like that might work for some people but you know like that's not my style so I think it really really like I say comes down to the athlete um mm. yes like, like I remember someone said to me like 
couple of my corner men, they were like, oh, they seem really quiet. And I'm like, their voice carries. I can hear them. Like, you know, they're people I trust yeah. and I care about. Like, so I can hear them. So I think that's big too. Like, you know, if it's someone that you actually listen to and respect and like say you can hear them when you're in there, there's nothing worse than like being in there and not being able to hear the people that are yelling at you, you know, like, like Jack and Danny yeah. are like two people. I'm so used to listening to them that I kind of like, even if, even if everything's loud, like I can hear their voices, you yeah. know, like it's kind of like singled out amongst the crowd. So I think that's a huge thing too. Yeah. I was so that's interesting because the last fight was at the apex. And so you have the dynamic of probably clearly hearing Jack's voice or Danny's voice, maybe Uriah's voice. We're going to be at the O2 uh, in three weeks and it's going to be a lot louder. So it, even in that crowd where you've got, you know, I don't know what it is, 15 to 20,000 people in there, um, you're representing on the night, you know, it's going to be loud for you. Like you're going to have a lot of love. Will you still be able to hear their voices through all of that? Yeah, like I said, I've, it's not the first time I've fought in front of large crowds. Like, the obviously, it's not going to be as big as the O2. Like, the O2 is definitely going to be the biggest crowd I've fought in front of. But luckily, with Cage Warriors, like, they did their best to deliver that real feel. Like, you know, the, the ice yeah. arena and stuff like that was, was was huge. So, and I never had a problem before. Like, I know, like I say, it's not quite on the grand scale of the O2 and everything, but I can't see it being too much difference. You know, like I say, like, I can always, I can always hear them clear through the crowd. Like, I'm kind of, like, tuned in to listen to them, you know? So I don't think it's a bother. It's an awesome thing that fighters can do. And like, it's almost, I, I wonder whether it's the bond that you build or whether it's that pure, like when you're in that pure animalistic moment, you can fine tune to what you need to hear. I, I'm interested in the science of that. I am too. Sure. Like, like literally, if you think about it, like just take it out of like a fight dynamic, take it into like a lot, a lot of noise. Right. And your human ear is being able to pick up this precise thing that you're used to, but in the context of all of it, it's like maybe one one thousandth of the volume and it's still being able to pick up, you know, in your case, you're picking up words, strategy, you know, all of the, the messaging that they're giving you is, is, is pretty interesting. Isn't pretty it? awesome. Yeah. yeah. So tell, tell us about, so you talk about Jack, you talk about Danny, you talk about your teammate that's going to be there as well. Dad, your running coach. Mom has a, you know, she started this whole thing basically. What, what's, what's the representation going to be from, from Team McKenna, the direct, you know, like small circle going to be on the night? Yeah, has anyone rocking up, got tickets for the show uh, and, and, and coming, coming out to the O2 to watch live? Yeah, my, my whole family's going to be there. You know, I've got a lot of friends coming too, um, like, you know, all the people from back home pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. And those who couldn't get tickets, I know that they, they've already made arrangements to, to, you know, like set up and watch it. So it's going to be great. Um, that was one of the main reasons I wanted the London card. They actually offered me a fight in uh, February and I was like, I'm down for the fight. I was like, but move it to London. Um, mm -hmm. So it was kind of big for me because like, you know, my, my dad's uh, my dad's like disabled. So like for, for me, it's like I don't he, he like he probably would try. But I, you know, I want him to come to a UFC fight and I don't want him to have to you know fly thousands of miles to come and do it you know um so for me to be able to have him there like pretty close to the cage and everything like that that that's kind of big for me like you know he's been at every fight in my career um you know like you know he flew to Ireland with me like you know he's, he's all, all through my career growing up you know he's been at like every single fight like he should drive me like four hours to jiu-jitsu competitions just to see me like lose to the same girl I always lose to and then drive me back like <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's been so invested in my career and he's done so much for me. Like it was huge for me to kind of have him at least one, you know, big show. Um, and you know, they only come back to London like once a year. So when I heard that the London card was going ahead, I was like, I need to be on this. That's 
that's that's freaking heartwarming that's 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 lovely as a father and son you know that's 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 nice to hear it's super cool it's it's heartwarming but it's also like i can tell how yeah me it means a lot but you know it is an additional bit of motivation for you like you've got you know you got your squad there and um you know representing which is really really cool i mean you also have arnold allen will be there as well in the building (laughs) um you guys are you know, long time sort of, uh, what do you want to call it? Like teammates or colleagues as well, um, fighting on the night. So a lot of, um, you know, your history is going to be in that building that night, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really exciting thing. Now, I guess, I guess a good question to ask you is, you know, how you're feeling about your opponent coming up, you know, um, you're, you're fighting Elise Reed. Um, you know, she, she's known for having some really good striking. Um, she has, submitted a couple of people and, and has looked strong in, a, in some of her fights on the ground. Um, but I want to just see what, where your kind of thoughts are. Is there anything where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be watching out for this or anything like that. But, or are you just like standard game plan, go in there and, uh, and adapt in the moment? Yeah, pretty much like you say, standard game plan, go in there, read it. Cause like one thing I've learned is you can't, like you, you can anticipate tendencies perhaps like from watching and everything. And I know studying tape is good and a lot of people function well off that. But for me, it's like, you know, I've had fights where like I've watched girls and been like, oh, she sucks. And then they've come out and they've been like the best fighter I've seen them be because people, you know, some sometimes like, especially on this, at this level, like people are training like to their best abilities. They're giving it the role. Like they're going to make progression at the end of the day. Like no one's going to come out and be the same fighter as their last fight. So I'm anticipating, you know, her definitely having made some adaptions and some improvements, um, especially coming off of the loss. You know, I know she's probably going to be, and in my home crowd, you know, she's going to come out aggressive. She's going to, she's going to have a, like, you know, a point to prove. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting the best at least read on the night. And, you know, I'm just confident in the fact that, you know, I'm going to deliver the best Cora McKenna and that's going to get, get me the win you know i'm training all round i'm I'm prepared for wherever it goes and yeah on the night i'm hoping to you know put a finish on it and prove everything to everyone yeah yeah so you're training all around one of the things we we were wondering is i know you know coming out of a fight you've had now a year nearly a year and a half any emphasis on a particular part of your game especially coming out of the k fight where you know there was a lot of there's stuff on the ground, really nice striking. Both of you lots really of clenching, lots of clenching. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty well-rounded fight, wasn't it? Yeah. But anything coming out of that that you're like, you know what? I need to I need to clean this up, or I need I I I'm all right here, but I need to get to the next level. Uh, so I don't. I think especially because my entire career I've trained everything equally. So I don't think like for me like specializing in one area isn't really it, it's an option, but I also don't think it's something that necessarily will benefit me. Uh, I've just continued to train everything all around. You know, there's there's improvements to be made, striking, wrestling, grappling, like th- there always is. Um, so for me, I just, I'm trying to make that progression like all the way up with everything. Um, and, you know, because the goal isn't to be the best striker, the best grappler, the goal is to be the, you know, the best mixed martial artist. So for me, like, I want to make sure that I'm coming out there, like say, fully prepared all around. And I'd like to put on another well-rounded performance, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I mean obviously you know we're 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 confident that you're you're going to deliver and, and 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 come come with some fire on the night. Um, do we want to do we want to like publicly like say you know typically like you know 
interviewers of podcast interviewers are not supposed to put their hat in one corner oh, or the I'm other. Pro, I'm gonna act. We're, we're, we're just gonna that. we're just gonna say it. We're like we're behind you. We're behind you on uh, March nineteenth. We want you to hundred percent to, oh, to be at your best and to to shine in that moment, to bask in that moment, to to come out the other end. You know, the next step in your career. With that being said, do you have any plans for any post fight stuff? Like, are you are you planning like on hitting the town in London afterwards? Like, win or lose, are you heading back to Wales and like going tearing up the valleys? Like, what, what's the what's the situation going to be um, in, in terms of a uh, post fight? What's it looking like? Um, so I've planned to stay for two weeks after the fight. I'll be going back to Wales. Um, maybe hang around for like. A day or two so i can go see my friends from you know when i was training in colchester um yeah. i'm not really one for, for partying and stuff so i'll probably just you know go grab some food with my family and my nice. coaches and stuff and um probably like a nando's pretty much every day because they don't have that <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it i'm, I'm wild <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be fair like it, it's, it's the small things you miss isn't it when you're when you're away from home it's, it's the small things the nandos you know the the, the beer with family like i, I appreciate that how many, so how many like how many moments have you been thinking about nandos in the last few weeks as it gets closer <laughs> so there's like there's as nandos, cut is happening as well <laughs> <laughs> there's nandos there's getting your hand raised where are we with that <laughs> like we were like two weeks out uh, so they don't really have like halloumi cheese out here like like you can get it but it's in like specialty places like no one really knows what it is and i remember talking to someone about nando's and i was talking to them about their like halloumi cheese and they looked at me and they're like you're tearing up and i was just like, yeah. <laughs> I, like I love this <laughs> Corey, you didn't tear up that much when you got the call from dana that you're going to be in the ufc <laughs> it is what it is right <laughs> <laughs> that's that's bloody amazing a uh, great question is how is the weight cut going you know you from what we can see on social media you're looking really lean you're looking quick you're looking sharp uh how are you feeling in this weight cut is this a better one uh more of a struggle how, how how's it going for you on your end yeah I'm, I'm on i'm on track you know uh like the weight cut's a weight cut at the end of the day yeah um but yeah like i'm on i'm on track you know it's, it's not gonna be crazy hard um I'm definitely not small either you know I feel I feel like I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at you know I feel like I've still got my strength I feel like I'm still in good shape like you know I, I feel strong for this one so I'm looking forward to it yes you know what I can sense like the last time we spoke um and this is not a reflection like any like reflection on anything but we're getting closer to a fight I can just sense a little bit more like you're just on it a little bit more just a little bit more serious a little bit more focused and a little bit more like all business and I get it I understand it is that typically what your tendency is as you like when do you start turning up the dial of like whatever it is less social media less contact less, what is your routine to start getting into like that pointing your focus um i'm pretty much like that year round to be fair um obviously like say i'm coming off a couple of injuries like you know it's it's difficult when you can't really train um but yeah like the last few weeks like all i've done is eat sleep train repeat you know um just living the living the lifestyle uh and like say i try to keep that up year round but like say like i, I don't really believe in training camps either like my, my uh my conditioning and everything like i do it year round but it becomes tailored towards the fight about eight weeks out um mm. but yeah the second second the contract signed like i remember before christmas i was considering going home for like a little bit over christmas um but i actually signed the fight i want to say it was like early december the se the second my signature hit that paper i was like nope i just gotta train all day every day 
Um, yeah. Like that's when it like the second the second I have like you know something to aim for, like I'm so 100% soul focused on that. I really yeah. like the year-round cardio thing. That's a big. I I know that there's a couple of fighters that definitely you know believe in that and and operate in that way. I also know there's other fighters, you know, like <laughs> freaking Patty Pimblets out there. You know, like <laughs> guy goes from like 155 pounds up to 200 in like you know it's two weeks. Or it, I was gonna say ridiculous. So you know, I definitely understand that, and I think. For me, like if, if I was doing, I would definitely want to keep your year round cardio because it, it definitely makes it makes your body more used to that, you know, and it keeps it in that in that kind of space. So uh, I, I definitely think that's a that's a good idea. I even think the term like fight camp. Chael Sonnen was talking about this once, which is basically like that's a term that was just sort of created for people that don't train all year round, so that they can put together a you know a focused bubble of training that gets them back into shape. But like he's like. We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't even be calling it a fight camp. It's like, you know, we're athletes. We're professional athletes. This is what we would be. This is our jobs. This is what we should be doing at a high standard. Yes, we're tightening things up as we get closer, but it isn't like a full on and a full off thing. You know, it doesn't need to be, I'm not in camp and now I am in camp. Yeah. Yeah. Be like the, like the progressions and stuff are made out of camp. The main ones, you know, like I'll be doing three, four sessions a day, maybe more um since the headaches like I've actually tried to be smarter so like you know I've been focusing on like not doing three killer sessions a day and then squeezing in like extra stuff on top you know mm -hmm. um yeah. I definitely had like I, I was definitely overtraining for a very long time so for this camp like I, I'm hoping you know I'm, I'm hoping to come out and also like say like have that benefit my performance too like I've been a lot smarter this camp you know I'm still training every day I'm still doing multiple sessions a day but I've definitely been a lot smarter in like tailoring it towards like I'm not just burning myself out of both ends you know um and I'm hoping that you know that pays off but like like say like out of, out of camp like that's when I'm doing my most work that's when like you know that's when I'm I'm lifting big I'm I'm you know I'm sparring hard I'm doing all that stuff because that like that's when I'm I'm making like I'm making the out of camp gains I feel like that's when you work on yourself you focus on yourself you know like in in camp like it's more about like honing the skills you already have you know I'm not I'm not looking to like learn jujitsu technique I'm not looking to like do that you know like they say we, we're always improving and we're always like they like, say my coaches will always like uh you know critique stuff and adapt stuff and like you know on the fly but at the same time like I'm not you know I'm not gonna go do like does it make sense like I'm not I'm not trying yep. to like, learn, totally. like, like, say, like I'll go and you know study like a few hours of jiu-jitsu and sit there and do like all the technique and all that like whereas like in camp I'm kind of just like trying to hone the skills that I already have trying to sharpen up trying to like you know make sure that I'm like fight ready as opposed to just focusing on myself and improving my skills it sounds like what you know what you're saying is that basically you know during during the time you're leading up to fight it's more about sharpening the blade as opposed to you know when when you're outside of camp you know you're you're actually making new weapons for yourself all around and 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 you know uh, growing your arsenal of uh, of tools um, both defensively and offensively uh, and i i mean i fully understand that as well you know when it's it's almost like that thing as well it's it's very hard to learn things when there's pressure and like so much focus as well it's not always a conducive space for like learning and picking up new things um however i agree with you you know like sharpening stuff refining is something that is a lot easier done under pressure and you know in, in a space where you're you know, getting close to something that's important to you and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I want to ask you. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, like, like you say, like for me, like camp, like camp is like you know quality over quantity. Whereas, like outside of that, once I haven't got anything signed, like I do quality and quantity. You know, I'm I'm not worried about like I'm not worried about if I'm tired, if I'm hurt. Like mm. 
you know, I'm not as worried about picking up little little injuries, like I've said, rather not, but like, you know, like little insignificant, like, you know, niggles and stuff. Like I'm not really as worried about that. Whereas like when I have a fight book, it's like for me, especially after like the last year, like getting to a fight healthy is my priority now, not like yeah. as as high as the other stuff, you know? Yeah. That's it's it's a really important thing. And that that leads me actually perfectly into what I was gonna ask you, which is, you know, if you if this fight, whatever the the ending is, but you'll whoop her ass um <laughs> well once well, once this fight ends you know and you know say no injuries happen you you're, you you come away pretty pretty clean from it are you hoping to fight multiple times this year are you hoping to you know get one two three in this year um or are you hoping to like get this one in recover and then see where you're at basically do you not have much of a plan for this year yeah i think uh due to the unpredictability and the fact that nothing ever you know seems to go the way it the way I plan when I make long-term goals, I've kind of just been sticking with the, I'm taking it one fight at a time, assessing nice. afterwards. And then, you know, I always want to stay more active. I always want to get as many fights as possible. Um, I'm not going to put a number on it though, because I just end up being really disappointed. I wanted four last year and then like, here we are. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to put anything on it. I'm just going to, you know, take things as they come and hopefully I can be more active and I can put on, you know, put on more fights and everything but you know this one's got my sole focus right now well do you know what it sounds like you are ready you are primed it sounds like your mind is in the right place and it sounds like we're speaking to a more mature a more developed Corey mckenna um than we spoke to last time i'm really excited to see you know what this version of you brings to uh the cage brings to the game entirely um and otherwise uh Thank you so much for, for, for taking the time today to just especially have a chat with us. I, I know it's early, early as hell in the morning for you. <laughs> but also, it's also three weeks before a fight. So yeah. that's not typical. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, I know after a fight, it's a lot easier. But before a fight, uh, thanks for spending some time with us and uh, giving us a little bit of insight as we get closer to the date. And uh, 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 hey, no, it's, it's not a problem. And we, we're massive fans and we, we, we truly believe in, you know, the, the, the stone sports uh, management team you know we're, we're fully behind you guys and, and and super excited to see uh both yourself and arnold uh, get in there and 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 you know prove why uh our part of the world is 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 you know up up for some contention um but what i want to do is just hand over to you and, and give you a space you know to shout out you know your socials if you want people to follow that you know any sponsors or anything like that um so that you can do that go for it yeah cool uh you know Twitter and Instagram, Corey McKenna 99. Um, like I say, we've shout out Stone Sports Management, my management team, that's Jack Mason. He's a legend. And then uh, Franklin Group for, you know, sponsoring me and helping taking off a little bit of that financial burden because life is expensive. So thank you very <laughs> much. Hey, it has been an absolute honor and we have been excited for this interview. And like we said, we're, we're, we're boundlessly excited for, uh, for March. So Thank you so, so much. We hope you have an amazing day. And uh, yeah, this has been Homie and the Dude, Father and Son podcast. Um, for us guys, hit us with the Holy Trinity. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and uh, if you can, um, check out our website, homieandthedude.com. All of our content, every, literally every piece. This will be on our website soon. <laughs> so go check out our website. Um, other than that, thank you so much for watching today. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching Homie and the Dude today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit us with the Holy Trinity. Go follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, 
and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.